I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Today, we're going to take one last look back at Arkansas's 31-28 win over Mississippi State. We're going to look ahead to the LSU game in Baton Rouge Saturday night in Death Valley. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Razorback basketball. Season starts this week against Mercer. Curtis Wilkerson will be joining us. Keith Grayson also. Your questions as well. All that and more on Hogsports Live. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's always there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live, also available on YouTube. Be sure to follow the page on Facebook Live, subscribe on YouTube, and hit the notifications bell on YouTube so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review. Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports is just $1 right now for your first month, hawgsports.com. If you like the show, you like what we do on Drive Time, you like the free content that we put out on Facebook, come see what we have for our VIP subscribers for just $1 at hogsports.com. You'll be glad you did. All right. Arkansas, 31-28. They certainly didn't make it comfortable. It was uh, it was ner- it was a nail-biter the whole game. If you guys watched my talk, walk and talk, you know pretty much my sentiments on how the game played out. Uh, there was just so many times where you felt like, man, if Arkansas could just get this here, then things would change. You know, they would, they would feel pretty comfortable. But uh, it was just a nail-biter start to finish. <clears throat> I didn't think they called too many ticky-tack penalties throughout the game, but Arkansas still had too many penalties, 11 for 78 overall. And talked to Sam Pittman about that today. Just asked him, you know, how do you get those penalties under control? Because you go to Baton Rouge, 11 for 78 might not get the job done. That might be too many to overcome. And, you know, he just talked about things like there's some things that are going to happen, you know, like holding penalties that's going to get called sometimes. Just the things like forgetting the snap count or, you know, hitting a guy in, in the back, a defensive player on, you know, when he's way away from the play on an interception return. You know, that would end up being like a 30-yard penalty when it was all said and done, that Grant Morgan interception. Things like that, you know, that they've got to con- control. And, you know, Pittman always says that's on coaching and stuff, but um, that's what a coach is going to say. So, um, you know, looking back on it, I did feel like it was it was pretty bang-bang, but I did feel like that was probably a pass interference uh, call uh, correct against Miles Slusher in the end zone. Um, watching it live, I didn't think, but, you know, you're able to, to watch it over and over again. And he got there a little bit. Now, it's close. You know, there's two guys going for the ball, but I, I guess he got there a little bit quick. But that wasn't any worse by any stretch. In fact, um, I felt like, you know, there's a lot of Mississippi State fans complaining about Traylon Burks, whether he was held or not. He was held and impeded on his route past five yards past the line of scrimmage. It's absolutely held. you got to call that. You have to call that. Now, he definitely sold it. K.J. Jefferson noticed it, threw the ball in that vicinity. I mean, his route's being impeded by a guy that's got his hands wrapped around him. That's holding. It's past, you know, it's five yards past the line in the scrimmage also, so that doesn't excuse the contact. So there's plenty of reasons that's passing. You can't, like, if you're not going to call that, then every team's going to do that and you're going to run into a lot of problems. It's definitely going to change the, the results of teams passing games. So uh, absolutely was the right call to make. And I understand Mississippi State fans being frustrated with it. I totally get it because I've seen Arkansas on the wrong end of stuff like that so many times where it could have just gone the other way. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Even in games like this, 
Do you guys know? And I, I was thinking in my head when I started the walk dogs, like I can't remember last time Arkansas won a close game. So Danny West went back and broke it down. And it has been the last eight games. This is, this ended an eight game winning or losing streak uh, for Arkansas in games where it was decided by four points or less. Arkansas has lost eight straight games decided by four points or less. You have to go back to like when did he go back to? I've got it. I've got it keyed up here. Here it is. Nope, that's not it. Dad gummit. I thought I had it set up. Well, we might have to get to it later. But I'll go over it because I don't want to I don't want to just burn time for no reason. Uh, but anyway, just it's been a while since Arkansas has won and it it might be that Portland State game was close. I think that was a touchdown. It, I, it might be all the way back to the Ole Miss game. The Ole Miss game in 2017, which, you know, was the last game Arkansas won before they lost 20 straight in the SEC. So, I thought both of them probably should have been called penalties. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, – and also, here's another one that, you know, just I always like to talk about a few referee things. So, um, there's a lot of people say Charlie Burks threw a punch down there. All I saw was a guy – this is not a punch. You know, that's – I'm not excusing it, but that's not a that's not a punch. That's not like swinging around and jacking somebody. That's shoving somebody in the face because uh, what they're doing is also a penalty. The referees should have called a flag. They should have thrown a flag right when Traylon Burke stepped out of bounds and those guys kept shoving him into the bench. Okay, they let that get out of hand, which is why I think they probably didn't throw any flags at all because you probably would have had an offsetting when when Burke shoves the guy. But uh, it doesn't. Ha- I thought the refs let that get out of hand. Um, there's no excuse for letting them drive a guy way into the bench, into the other. I mean, you got guys locking face masks and stuff. I mean, that's the refs are just asking for it. That's that's on the referees to to not let that happen. So I think that's why they probably didn't call any kind of offsetting penalty. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty poor officiating. But they were letting them play. I mean, I've seen it, Mississippi State fans call a lot of, like, say there's uh, a lot of holding calls that weren't called. I saw a lot of holding calls the other way that weren't called. There was one time where Charles Cross looked like he was about to hop on uh, Trey Williams' back for a piggyback ride. I mean, he's, like, turned around and he's got his arms wrapped around like this and there's no holding call. I mean, it, it happened both ways. So they were letting them kind of go with that. Um You know, I've seen a lot of Arkansas fans complain that there weren't halftime adjustments on defense. I mean, they limited them to seven points. I don't know if there was a, a big need for halftime adjustments. And what I, you know, what you learn about Mississippi State more and more, because Arkansas did pretty much the same thing they did last time with dropping eight. I don't remember them ever really blitzing anybody or anything. It was just Trey Williams. We're going to let you stand up the whole game and race to the quarterback. And they got a few sacks here and there, uh, but I don't know that you need like the, all these halftime adjustments on defense, even though they, they did give up more in the second half. Um, to me, it's about tackling when you're playing Mississippi State. Drop eight and be great tacklers, you know. And if he, this guy beats you throwing deep, then, then fine. They had a 42-yarder and a 37-yarder. The 42-yarder, there was some miscommunication, obviously. But for the most part, Arkansas played pretty well on defense. And, you know, you can look at the passing yards, and they went over 400, and that was one of the keys to victory. We mentioned for Arkansas holding them under 400 yards. Um and if they had to miss some field goals, then maybe things go a different way. But there's a lot of things. Like if this had happened, you know, it might go a different way. Uh, what I was impressed with Arkansas with, you know, with K.J. Jefferson, first of all, his game. But 
I felt like every time they needed something, they made it happen, and that includes the end of the game where they had to have it. They had to drive down the field and get it, and and they accomplished that. And that's about all you can ask for. I mean, when the game's on the line, go do what you have to do to win it. So they had – Mississippi State had one play over 20 yards in the first half, and they had two over 15 total. They had five over 20 yards for the entire game. And this is a team that put the ball in the air 48 times, by the way. Not one of their 26 runs went for more than 10 yards. I think they had two of them that went for nine yards. That's pretty solid defense overall. I mean, in this day and age against an offense like that, I don't know if you can be too terribly disappointed with the defense's play overall. I thought the best play of the day wasn't necessarily a touchdown, but when Arkansas's driving and K.J. Jefferson's got pressure in his face and he hits Tyson Morris, I mean, just drops it in between three Mississippi State defenders, I just thought that was an incredible throw. And he had one earlier in the game where he took a big shot and hit Raheem Sanders in what I would call the Raheem Sanders drive. Seemed like he was involved in about every play there. But he hit Raheem Sanders for 24 yards. Jefferson right now is 129 of 201 passing. That's 64.2%. The Arkansas record is like 68%, something set last year, by the way. For 1,848 yards, 16 touchdowns, and three interceptions. He's got a 164.7 efficiency rating, which is fourth in the SEC. It's not far off Arkansas's all-time record, which is set by Brandon Allen, which I think is like around 165 or something. Felipe Franks was 163.07 last year. And that was against 10 SEC teams, obviously, so a little bit different. But Felipe is also a veteran multi-year starting quarterback, and KJ's in his first year starting. He's also separated himself on the ground. He's run 92 times for 433 yards. It's 4.7 yards per carry, including sacks. Five more rushing touchdowns. So what is that, 21 touchdowns total? Three interceptions? Loved seeing Dominic Johnson. I mean – Every week. I met Dominic Johnson's parents in Texas a- at Texas A&M, and they you know, came up to me because they, they had seen me talking on here, I guess, or maybe something I'd written or something. But we talked a little bit just about Dominic. And, you know, it just seemed like he was, he was on the verge of getting more carries. And now, finally, 17 carries. Shows what he can do with it. Average well over six yards a carry, two touchdowns. You know, I, I'd made the comment earlier in the week, he's 6'1", 235. And, you know, what, what stands out to me about him, like – People are people always say stuff like, "Well, the hole they block better for him. The holes are bigger." He doesn't get nothing slows him down unless it's like a direct hit. <laughs> I mean, like if you hit him from the side or you're you know you're hitting from the, with an arm or something, he's not going down. He just keeps going full speed. He's a smooth runner. He he keeps it nice and tight. It just seems like it just seems like he knows exactly how far away he needs to get to the defender. I think he's as fast as he wants to be. And I made the comment earlier in the week as I was saying that he reminded me of Cameron Petway. You guys remember Cameron Petway? Arkansas went down to Auburn in 2016 and he just ran all over him. Uh, ran for 1,200 yards. Uh, that's the first team All SEC performer that year. And the reason I said that is because Petway was about six foot, 235. It's kind of similar guy. And I went back and watched some video of Petway just to kind of see if my memory was right. And, and I actually don't agree with what I said. 
And, and, you know, part of it, too, like Petway was a, was a fullback, right, and they moved him to running back, wasn't a super highly regarded guy, so kind of a similar path, um, you know, with, uh, with Dominic Johnson being considered at linebacker, you know, as a recruit and also playing a little bit of tight end at Arkansas before he got going at running back. Uh, but he doesn't remind me of him. You know, Petway's a little more, like, darty, and, and I, I feel like uh, Johnson is a little more fluid. So what he do, who, who he does remind me of, though, is Jonathan Williams at Arkansas. If Jonathan Williams were about 12 or 15 pounds heavier. Now, I think Jonathan may be a little bit more slippery, elusive, but I also think if Jonathan Williams had 12 or 15 more pounds, then he, he wouldn't be as elusive and slippery. And not that, uh, not that Dominic Johnson isn't, I just feel like he's more like he makes a choice and he goes. You know, he makes a choice and he goes with it. So great game for Dominic Johnson. Pleased to see him get some more action. It feels like he may get some more action against LSU also. All right, so clean up the penalties. That's kind of just my last few thoughts on the LSU – or excuse me, the Mississippi State game before we look ahead to, uh, to LSU. Here's the story. Okay, I had it keyed up. Games decided by four points or less since 2017, and there's a lot that goes into this story, but I'm just going to go over this real quick. So, obviously this one, Arkansas wins 31-28. They lost at Ole Miss, obviously, this year. They lost to Missouri last year, 50 to, to 28, or excuse me, 50 to 48. They lost to LSU 27-24. And also last year they lost to Auburn, lost 30 to 28. 2019, lost at Kentucky 24-20, lost to Texas A&M or at home against well, in Arlington, 31-27. 2018, they lost to Ole Miss 37-33. In Little Rock, and 2017, they lost to Missouri 48-45. They beat Coastal Carolina 39-38. So that was the last time, 39-38 Coastal Carolina. And they also beat Ole Miss that year 38-37. So I was wrong. It wasn't Ole Miss. It was the Coastal Carolina game, the game that uh, T.J. Hammond saved Brett Bielman for being fired that moment. Arkansas is going to play Alabama at 2.30 in 12 days. That's not this week, but the next, obviously. Uh, in Tuscaloosa, 2.30 on CBS. How about that? Not an 11 o'clock game. So that means the 11 o'clock games are done because you've got 2.30 CBS Alabama. Then this week, of course, you've got 6.30 in Death Valley. If you guys haven't watched the, uh, the pregame for a night game, at LSU, you can Google it and find it on YouTube or something. But it is a fan. It's, to me, it is the best introduction in college football. It's the best one. It's Saturday night in Death Valley, and the chance of rain is never. Love that one. It's going to be a wild one. I mean, you know they're going to be wild in the stands. The last time I went to a night game in Baton Rouge was. 2016 no 2015 2015 and Arkansas start to finish I think Alex Collins had a big run right out the bat and uh, Arkansas led the game start to finish just beat them solidly LSU hadn't been beaten at home in a night game like that in a long long time so Arkansas is being projected right now to go to the uh to go to the Outback Bowl. They've been projected to do that for a while. The opponent keeps changing. I don't know why they project them to go to the Outback Bowl. I mean, do you really do we really think they're going to Tampa? 
I'd like to see them go to Florida. It's been a while since they've been to a Florida game, to a Florida Bowl. I mean, it might be since they went to the Citrus Bowl and played Michigan back in 99. I guess it was 98 season, but 99. Um, but anyway, they're projected to play Iowa this week. They were projected to play Michigan, I think, last week, so it keeps keeps changing around. Arkansas is not in the AP. They did not get they, – they're the 27th team, so the second team out of the AP. And they did not get in the coaches of the first team out on the coaches' poll. They will be ranked – I think they will be ranked in the college football playoff poll because Mississippi State was 17th. They weren't – Mississippi State wasn't ranked in either of these polls either. Now, the stupidest poll is the ESPN FPI. The ESPN FPI is awful. Like, this is like, hey, we got to change our formula here because this is so bad. Wisconsin's 6-3 and three and ranked number 9. Here's, here's, the, here's the good one here. You're going to love this if you haven't looked at this yet. Texas is 19th at 4-5. and five, And 20 is the Florida Gators at 4-5. and five. How pathetic is that? Michigan State at 21. I know they lost last week, but come on. This thing is terrible. Okay. We got a little bit of recruiting stuff we want to, we can get to, too, but um, I want to get to Keith Grayson first. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. For those of you who don't know Keith Grayson, Keith is the former, disgraced former president and founder of the Arizona Razorback Club, which is an amazing story. We've had him on here before to talk about why he was removed from that position, the, 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 club that he founded but uh, he always provides uh, unique fan insight we haven't had him on in a while want to talk to him a little bit about where things stand right now with Razorback Sports. Keith how you doing? Pretty good. I'm doing good myself Um, nice win for Arkansas and uh, we haven't had you on the show for a while but I want to get your thoughts on. I was trying to figure out what I did. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. In fact, you had a really you got a good tweet the other day about me harassing Sam Pittman to get Dominic Johnson on the field, and it made me think about you and uh, wanted to wanted to make sure I had you on the show. Well, that's that's advice to anybody that wants to be friends with you. You measure your friendship based on social media interactions that you yep. can get with the said friends. So if you get mm-hmm. over like five hundred likes, Trey's like, oh, I should call Keith. <laughs> that's exactly right. Except for as Dave Chappelle says, Twitter isn't a real place. So, whatever happened, did y'all hire the guy that uh, used me as a reference? 
What? <laughs> we we did get a we did get I, I get a lot of uh, of people inquiring about job openings um, as you would expect a lot of people. It's amazing how many people think they're cut out for this, but they're not. And I'm not saying this guy, but I, I did find that interesting that he couldn't wait to work alongside you, which makes me wonder: Did you send that? No, you people, have done so stuff I'm, like that before. So no, I I did not send that one, but I so I went to. Uh, the last game that I went to, you know, it was Texas. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine that I went to high school with sees me at Farrell's and is like, hey, man, like, you've been really successful in, like, sports media. And I'm like, and that's, he thinks I do that for a living. I'm like, I don't make a penny from this. <laughs> Some people think that I pay you to be on here. <laughs> like, if you, I'm like, you're wildly confused at what i actually do uh-huh. again i don't i don't even know why i'm on here in the first place yeah and i, I, and I, I find you entertaining sometimes i feel like yeah, every, one people, out of every five times i have you on here it's you do something really good so it's a decent enough clip today's probably not going to be one of those times <laughs> what do you think of the? what do you think of the game keith i i mean i uh i don't know why there's so many negative people I guess we're just living and dying on every play, we but are. I I'm so impressed at the at the coaching staff of what they've been able to put together this year that uh, they're and you know while I think there's people that are that want them to do different things defensively they they are and, and they're mixing up the coverage you know all people I see is just, all people see is three down linemen that's all your average yeah. fan sees yeah and honestly like from that I would like to see. Trey and Zach Williams on the field at the same time. I know they play the same position and mm-hmm. then figure out a way to get Jashad Stewart out there a little bit more too. That's mm-hmm. my only beef. I don't think, you know, but, uh, and, and people don't realize like, you know, there's comments that from fans that are saying like, why do we have three down linemen on the goal line? And like, well, hell they, they threw it. Didn't they? <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> like they didn't run it down our throat. They threw for a touchdown at the, yeah. from the three yard line. So no, but the game, I, Man, I thought we were in control the entire time, and I know there's Mississippi State fans feel like we got a call, but Lord knows we were owed one, so I'm not I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I think it, I think it was the right call. I think it's a call that could have could have been overlooked. Obviously, we've seen it overlooked, uh, but I did think it was holding. I thought it was the right call to make, um, and we've seen Arkansas on the wrong side of calls like that so many times. Um, you know, you bring up an interesting point about just the way fans are and, you know, what they expect. It's like they sometimes people expect just utter domination. And I call it like kind of a video game mentality of, you know, like you can hit the reset button in a video game if you're you're ticked off or something. But um, I I think that people expect just just absolute perfection. You kind of forget where Arkansas has been as a program. And, you know, there's other teams that have, you know, more talent – that are that are really struggling, and I, I just want I, it worries me a little bit for this like for Sam Pittman and stuff because next year there's a possibility that they do take a little bit of a step back, uh, depending on which players don't come back and stuff like that. Um, and I look at Florida's situation, you know, with Dan Mullen, and they're ready to to get rid of him. And yeah. maybe, maybe he's not doing a great job. I don't know, but I mean, the last three years have been pretty good. He, he started off eight and one last year. They didn't have a great finish to the season. But to me, a guy has one off year and, like, you, you fire him. I just I – don't, I don't understand that. Like, I understand, like, if you have back-to-back bad years, you know. I mean, that's not saving many coaches out from that. But to me, 
I don't know that Dan Mullen deserves what he's getting right now, 100%. I mean, I know that they're they're struggling, but maybe their quarterback play isn't as good as it was last year either. And, I mean, this isn't like an indictment on our players or the guys on our team, but, I mean, it's been the same rotation offensive lineman for the past three or four years. Mm. There are quarter, we've changed a quarterback, but we had a lot of returning starters on offense from a team that just hasn't won a lot. And so wouldn't that be a great coaching job? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think Sam Pittman and his staff is getting enough credit for being – they're ahead of schedule in my estimation. Because, yeah. again, before the season, I, I weigh a lot of stuff heavily on what Vegas thinks because they're always right for the most part, you know, very, very close. They had this team as a 5-7 and seven team. Mm-hmm. And that's that the, the money favored under five and a half wins. So what they're doing, we're we're playing with house money right now. I mean, anything other than anything above six and six is like ahead of schedule. And mm-hmm. I, and anybody that said that they thought differently would be lying. Yeah. Before the season. I mean, just enjoy it. Enjoy where Arkansas is. The trajectory is good. I mean, I would be interested to see, like, you know, and, and again, I think there's a possibility they could take a step back. You never know. I mean, they got some pieces coming back. You know, you got some young guys that are going to be better, and that's just how college football is with players cycling in and out. But I would be interested to see, like, what would happen with this program if they had some continuity because, you know, you look back, and, and Morris obviously had to go. Bielema had to go. Um, Bielema had five years. But, you know, you look at that 2018 recruiting class, and it obviously isn't what it could have been, and they made up some ground in the – in the 2020 recruiting class, but it wasn't what it could have been either. You know, you don't want to run into too many of those because in this day and age with the early signing period, um, you can just really cripple your program from a recruiting standpoint. So I would love to see – I mean, Arkansas hasn't had a coach that stayed at Arkansas past five years since Houston Nutt, and before that it was Ken Hatfield, 84-89. I mean, it's been a while since Arkansas had some of that, and I would – I just think sometimes people jump the gun a little bit too early. I mean, I guess maybe just wait for me to tell you when it's when it's time, when it's time to move on. Right. But because um, I'll tell you. But um, I don't know. I I, I would I, I worry about this fan base a little bit, and you know, just kind of getting ahead of themselves and, and where Arkansas is as a program. I, it was almost like the ranking in after four games did a disservice to Sam. I know, <laughs> you know? you're you're a I victim mean, of your own success. It's crazy, and, and people need to step back and say, like, hey, you know, this time last year, what we, I guess we finished last year ranked 87th in the country offense. We're 36 right now. We're mm-hmm. ranked 97th on defense. We're 56th in, in, like, total points allowed. So, I mean, there's there's improvement, but it's just like Musselman resurrecting our basketball program. Mm-hmm. It happens in steps. From year to year, you have to – I mean, it just you don't get it all at once. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like – I think – Ole Miss is going to kind of – we'll see what happens after Corral leaves. But, I mean, they they had talent there. Yeah. You know, they were they – were, that guy, Matt Luke, was fired because he was winning – or he, he was losing with a more talented team. That wasn't the case in Arkansas. I don't think – I mean, granted, we should not be losing the teams, the non-conference stuff. But in the, where we were at in the SEC talent-wise was not on par with, like it, – it, Nobody was going to fix that without recruiting their way out of it. And guess what? That takes years upon years because I'm getting texts during the game like, why don't we change this offensive line out from one of my buddies? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, the guys are in the incubator, yeah. man. Like, you don't throw out a yeah. redshirt freshman 
in, in an SEC game as an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he's 365 pounds. Did you watch the UAPB game? Yeah, I mean, right. exactly. Um, yeah, those guys are still cooking, absolutely. So, Keith, looking ahead to this LSU game, just curious what your thoughts are. This is a tough team to read because they've got so much turmoil. They've lost so many players, and then they go out and do this to Alabama, and they almost beat Alabama. Dude, they're bipolar, man. Yeah. It's hopefully we get them on the the low end of their mania when when uh, we get them because you know they're what twenty nine point dogs going into the Bama game and they almost won outright. I mm-hmm. I think their you know their offense probably lends itself like I I want. I think Grant Morgan's probably looking forward to this one where he wants to meet a fullback in the hole, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of like it, uh, it. We'll see, you know, what they come up with as a game plan defensively. I think we're going to be able to, you know, stop their running game, and it's going to be – we're going to make Max Johnson beat us. Is he still, is he still alive, right? He, did, he yeah. survived the Bama game? Okay. I believe so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I have not paid attention to LSU because I kind of wrote him off. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and even like kind of – before the season started, I was chalking that one up as a win. So, and we're favored. I mean, good lord, you go. Like, this is another thing about <laughs> Sam Pittman's second year. You were not favored in the SEC game for how many years? That was mm-hmm. the storyline. And then now, this is what our third time we've been favored in the SEC game coming up. Maybe maybe the second time or whatever. I don't know. I'm not. I don't pay attention to the odds that much. Um, and I think it is weird when certain reporters bring that up to players in the press conference. Like, Hey, you know, you're a three point favorite <laughs> or whatever. Like it's kind of a I weird, uh, yeah, it's a weird question. Weird conversation. Player. Yeah. <laughs> it gets awkward. All right, Keith, anything else? But to add? It shows, it shows that we're going, it shows that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. So, um, and so I, I'm Trey's always, he has one last question before he gets me off. Like, all right, got anything else? Because I know the next thing is a phone clicking, and I'm, I'm going to get hung up on. Yes, yeah, that's, that's but, what's uh, happening. There's a time limit. <laughs> I have found the uh, the KJ Jefferson T-shirt guy, and I've been handing those out to people. So if you want a free KJ Jefferson shirt, all you have to do is be a former Razorback basketball player or football player, and I'll send you one. Just hit me up on Twitter. Is that everybody right? Else, everybody <laughs> else, yeah, I, get, I got Blake Eddins hooked up. Okay, and I got one in the mail today to Sunday out of Sunday out of bio. Sunday out of bio. That's a name. That's a blast from the past, right there. All these people are willingly giving me their their addresses, mm-hmm. which is on on t- on Twitter. So mm-hmm. that's that's a, their first mistake. Yeah, yeah. I, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm setting up. I, I got it. There's a method of my madness. I'm gonna I'm gonna the, the KJ shirt is my end to a, a business that I want to set up in Arkansas. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, if you are not. Um, the, the source is Rod, Rodney McLawyer on Facebook. He will, he's the t-shirt guy, but we need to, I think that needs to be the Missouri game theme. Everybody in the crowd needs to be rocking a KJ Jefferson shirt. All right, Keith. I appreciate you joining us. I got you one too. I'll see you in Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. I'll see you Thanksgiving. All right. All right. Later player. Later, Keith. All right, everybody. Keith Grayson. Always fun talking to Keith. We're going to jump over to Curtis Wilkerson now. So Curtis, has got a big, busy week because Razorback basketball is officially starting up. Hey, Trey. Hey, Curtis. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. All right. So, for those of you who don't follow Curtis, Curtis, I gave you a shout-out on the Walk and Talk, by the way. I don't know if you watched all the way to the end, but I mentioned everybody I, needs I to be following that, you. <laughs> At Kurt Wilkerson underscore, you're going to be glad you did because basketball season's starting up. 
basketball season's here finally. I, I can't tell you how excited I am to get this thing started. Uh, it's a little crazy, you know. It, it's it's overlap season, right? So right. I've already caught myself twice today uh, mixing up the the game times, the kickoff time versus tip off time. You mm-hmm. know, it's seven o'clock for the Mercer game basketball. It's six thirty for LSU football. I've already gotten it backwards twice. I had to go back and change it. So I, I got to get my stuff together here. Mm-hmm. So if you don't follow Curtis again, it's at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. Uh, he does primarily almost all of the basketball content for hog sports he has just kind of taken the lead in that role i mean when i when we hired curtis i was thinking he can help a lot with basketball but he is just he owns it so much it's just hard to to get anybody else to do it so uh curtis does a great job a lot of his content is vip so you will need a a vip membership um to uh to read most of his stuff uh that's not you know just straight from press conference stuff but he, he does player grades and notebooks and um, he's broken down every single player on the roster. Chance, Chance Moore is the last one that you broke down. Um, so, but before we get into that, just your thoughts on on where Razorback football is. Your thoughts on the, the Mississippi State game and and just looking ahead to LSU. Well, I I mean I think they're in a great spot. You know, it's it's uh, you know something that really stuck with me or just the comments that Grant Morgan had after the game of you know where this program was not too long ago mm-hmm. and where they are now. You know and. And people scoff a little bit at, oh, you know, big deal, bowl eligibility, six wins, yay. Well, it is a big deal at, at Arkansas. And, and to be at this point with three games left, and, you know, Keith just, he just said it. Hey, they're playing with house money, and it's mm-hmm. true. Uh, so, you know, just an opportunity to continue to improve uh, on the, the bowl that you might get into. And, and it's exciting. It's a big deal for the staff and, and the players and the fan base. Uh, that Mississippi State game was wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was uh, we. I think we all expected a close game, but you know the the way it went down there with Mississippi State kind of rallying back and, and taking the lead. I know I was sitting there thinking, is this really happening again? And our minds have almost been trained to believe that way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for Arkansas to to get it done, and then you know for that field goal to to miss there at the very end it was it was kind of a, a nice exhale you know it was almost like exercising some demons so uh an exciting win and then lsu i'll be honest with you trey i don't know what to think I, you know i i picked arkansas to win this game at the beginning of the season and, and i'm gonna stick with that uh but you know, you, you just watch them over the course of the season. There's there's games where you're like, man, they've quit, and and they just seem like they're done. And then you watch what they did against Alabama, uh, and then you're reminded of the talent that they have up and down that roster, even with guys injured. And that's just a, a product of their recruiting over the years. Uh, they held Alabama to six yards rushing. I can't get over that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just a wild game. I I wonder. Uh, if they just put every last bit of energy that they have into that game and to trying to get that one, I just wonder what's left in the tank when Arkansas goes down there this weekend. Curtis Wilkerson joining us again. You can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. So, Curtis, basketball, what are your thoughts on this game against Mercer and just the season coming up? And I'll tell you what I, what I think, because before the season – I'm like, Arkansas has a chance to be one of those teams in the mix for the national championship based on this roster. And it, it's concerning a little bit. And you've seen them play three times. I've just seen the scores. But you've seen them in the red-white game. You've seen them in practice. And you've seen the two exhibitions. But I'm looking at last year's exhibitions, and they they just clobbered 
the two teams they face and, and put 145 on one of them. And, and they struggled a little bit more in these, in these last two. What's, what's the cause of that? And uh, how do you think things will get straightened out throughout the season? And what do you think about the Mercer game? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the immediate thing that stands out to me is is injuries. You know, you don't want to make excuses, but, hey, when you've got so many new faces that you're trying to get acclimated, and even the guys that are returning, they're they're in different roles now. You know, they're, they're in bigger roles, and uh, it takes time for guys to, to get acclimated to that, and they've just been so banged up. You know, they've had the red-white game. They've had the two exhibitions. Heck, through, you know, the entire uh, month of October, they haven't had their full complement of players. So it almost feels like every night they're trying to get someone else involved. And, and it just makes it difficult to kind of figure yourself out. Uh, how are you supposed to get guys, you know, settled into their roles mm-hmm. uh, when they're not on the floor at practice and they're not available for these games? Uh, and it's just kind of a, you know, well, who do we have? And, and we'll throw them out there and see what we've got on a given night. So that's tricky. I, I think it does have them a little bit behind. Obviously, they haven't been as sharp as, as we would have liked to see in these exhibition games. But with all that said, the talent is undeniable and they're healing up at the right time. They should be, you know, knock on wood, barring anything the last day or two in practice uh, at full strength going into this game. Uh, and, you know, the other thing is they've been so focused on themselves that they haven't been doing a whole lot of game planning. Mm-hmm. And that's something that makes this Arkansas team, in my opinion, uh, so dangerous under Eric Musselman as he goes so deep and so involved in the scouting report that uh, it just takes away typically, you know, the other team's best player, the things that they like to do the most. Uh, where you think about, you know, a lot of other programs or maybe a Mike Anderson team when it was a hey, this is us, this is what we do, come and beat us. Muslim adapts. He's like a chameleon, the way that they, they mix things up, uh, you know, based on matchups. So we'll start to see some of that, you know, moving into this Mercer game. Hey, you know, they're a pretty good mid-major, to be honest. I, I think they're probably, uh, you know, maybe a step behind what we saw against North Texas, but they're talented. They've got a really nice guard uh, in Neftali Alvarez, a guy that can fill it up from the perimeter. Uh, they've got a six nine guy who can you know do some work inside and out in uh, Felipe Haas. That's a nice player. And then you know they got surrounded by you know, some JUCO transfers. They've got a Wake Forest transfer, so some experienced guys. Uh, Arkansas is the better team here. Mm. You know, if, if they defend the three point line and, and the way that they did against North Texas, uh, they should be in a pretty good spot. I would imagine there would be some of those jitters early on in front of a big crowd, but. I, I do think Arkansas will pull away and win this one pretty comfortably. So, Curtis, before we get you out of here, um, what's the latest on Razorback basketball recruiting? What's coming up for, for the Hogs in basketball recruiting? Yeah, well, it, the, the early signing period uh, starts on Wednesday. It's a week-long period. So, uh, we know that Arkansas has got the five commitments to that 2022 class that uh, ranks number three now nationally after – Good old Kentucky picked up another five-star yesterday. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, uh, two of those guys are going to sign right away on Wednesday, uh, Barry Dunning Jr. and Joseph Pinion. Uh, on Sunday, Darian Ford is scheduled to sign uh, there at his school. And then we're just kind of waiting to see what's going on with the two five-star guys. Jordan Walsh has you know, kind of indicated that he's looking at maybe a time and date to get it done in the early period. Uh, Nick Smith, I, you know, I don't know how much they thought about it while this entire 
you know, crazy eligibility situation was going on. So uh, maybe you'll get those guys snuck in in that early period, or if not, uh, you know, we're probably looking at the spring with them. And, and I know people don't like that. You yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> you want to get them signed, sealed, and delivered. And uh, I think everybody would sleep a lot better if that were the case. But I'm, I'm not concerned about it if they do wait. I mean, they're both very solid commits at, at this point. But you still have to, you know, continue to recruit them and, and get through the months. And obviously you want to have a good showing over the course of the season so they don't start getting cold feet. So hopefully, you know, like I said, they can get those two guys knocked out uh, before. I think it's next Wednesday when that period runs out. Uh, if not, then yeah, we're looking at the spring. I wish I hadn't even asked you that now, Curtis. Jeez. I kind of wish you wouldn't have asked me either, but I, you know, i got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. All right, Curtis, appreciate you, man. Hey, no problem. All right, everybody, Kurt Wilkerson again. Follow him at Kurt Wilkerson. Curtis is starting his show, Hog Hoops Live. He started it last year, but he's – uh, bringing it back uh, on Wednesday. So he'll have Hog Hoops Live. You can follow that uh, on this Facebook page. It'll it'll show up just like uh, Hog Sports Live. And you can also, uh, on YouTube, you'll, you'll need to search for it. It comes up on a different channel on YouTube on Hog Hoops Live. So you can just search for that on YouTube and uh, make sure to follow that page. Subscribe to it and hit the notifications bell. Uh, but Wednesday, he'll have Hog Hoops Live. And it's, it's pretty similar setup to what we have here. Um, just Curtis Wilkerson talking basketball. And... Uh, it's good stuff. All right. Where are we going now? Oh, also basketball. Uh, Stephon Castle, who's out of Covington, Georgia, is named Arkansas in his top six. He's a, a 6'6 guard, and he's class of 2023. He's number 27th ranked overall prospect in the country according to 24-7 sports. Arkansas, Auburn, Connecticut, Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Ohio State are the finalists right now for him. So that's some good news. Couple other things in recruiting. If you want to read Danny West, we don't have Danny on today, but we'll have him on Thursday. Uh, but King Joseph Edwards, he's got an interview with him, uh, just talking about his visit uh, to Arkansas, his first visit. Uh, he's a four-star um, linebacker out of the 2023, I believe, 2024 defensive end. Excuse me. Whoop. And um, Tackett Curtis, who's out of 2023, he's the linebacker. He's also a four-star recruit out of 2023, top two four seven ranked player. Um, who visited Arkansas. So there are interviews with both of those uh, recruits. I th- actually think Tackett Curtis is by Steve Wolfong. Um, and then Danny has a long reaction piece, talked to several prospects about their their thoughts on Arkansas's um, win over, uh, over Mississippi State. So that's another good piece. Again, VIP, so you'll need a VIP subscription. Now just looking at LSU real quick, they are ninth in the SEC in scoring, 29.3 points per game. Their scoring defense is 11th, 27.8, so they they have allowed a decent number of points on defense. Their total offense, 372.3 yards per game. That's only 12th. Their total defense, 397.1 yards per game. That's 10th in the SEC. They are stronger against the pass and the run. They rank 5th against the pass and 7th against the run. Not a great third down conversion team, 37.2%, which ranks 12th. Third down conversion defense is also pretty poor, 43.1%, which also ranks 12th. They're fifth in turnover margin, so they've been a good turnover team this year. Passing efficiency is ninth in the SEC, 139.6. They do a decent job getting to the quarterback, 3.1 sacks per game. That's second in the conference. And they allow 2.9, so they get to the quarterback and they allow a lot. Uh, so 2.9 allowed, that's 13th in the SEC. Pretty good red zone offense, 92.3% in the red zone. 
three, number three in the SEC. And red zone defense has, has not been great, 88.9% on red zone defense. It's 10th in the SEC. So, quick little snapshot at LSU. Sorry, I'm racing through here. We're running out of time. I want to get to a couple of questions at least. LSU, by the way, has won five in a row, one more streak that Arkansas needs to end and can end this season. It's going to be tough. I mean, playing in that venue, I mean, it is it is rowdy and loud. I mean, it is – it's a lot. But I've seen them do it before. But Arkansas has lost five in a row to them, including 27-24. I thought that was one of the big disappointments last year just because – I mean, Arkansas was so beat up with COVID and all those kinds of things. Uh, but lost 27-24, lost that game on a kick last year. All right, questions. Let's see what we got. West Tyler says, do you see Bumper and Ridgeway coming back next year? That would be big to get both of them back. I think there's definitely a chance that both of them do come back. You also, you know, Joe Fouché is another one to keep an eye on. Monteric Brown, um, Dalton Wagner, Traylon Smith. I think that's – uh, uh, Jordan Silver is another one, snapper. So there's a few that you'd like to get back next year, and 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 we'll wait and see on that. You know, I mean, I mean, also there's like you know Jalen Catalan. Norman Hunt says they're showing some respect. They ain't gonna win this year, so they're giving the man respect for winning the championship just a year before last. That's a rarity this day and age, and kind of refreshing. Josh Wilbank says, the LSU, you're going to have to blitz to get their quarterback off balance. They have certainly given up some some sacks this year. John Sullivan, and and he's not, you know, just a great runner or anything, too. John Sullivan said, do you think something looked off with KJ's running? He did take a shot in the knee or maybe buried it in the, in the dirt a little bit, so maybe that limited him a little bit. But he had a really key run on that last drive to get a first down. But he didn't have any, like, explosive runs, I don't remember. Will Lennox says, like to see Keetron Jackson get more involved and we need to get better at our secondary. Um, I thought the secondary played okay overall. I mean, they pass the ball a lot. They just they just do, and they and they take a lot of high percentage passes. To me, a lot of it came down to – I mean, they to me, they gave up two – they gave a 37-yarder, 42-yarder. You know, I don't, I don't know that I would say they just played awful. I mean, Mississippi State throws the ball. Was it 48 times? So, that's a lot. Keetron Jack. I mean, it'd be nice to get any of those other wide receivers involved for sure. Trey Knox was a stud. Oh, Braylon Russell. We didn't even mention Braylon Russell. 2024 running back out of Hot Springs. It's a nice commitment. 6'1", 225 pounds. Thank you for reminding me on that. Uh, but all the way in the class of 2024, could be the next big thing out of Arkansas, the next big uh, stud running back. Or who knows? I mean, he's 6'1", 225 now. Who knows what he could grow into? So that's a, a really nice commitment. Very early. I don't know if Arkansas – I can't remember when Arkansas has had one that early. Norman Hunt says, I'm impressed with the backbone that this team has where the last few years they would have given up after after giving up a seven point. I know. They do have some backbone. They have some fight. They'll fight for their coaches. It's all about that culture. I mean, like we've talked about it before. You know, it's important to get great players and do a great job in recruiting. You can't really take that next level without that. But – if you don't have the culture, the players fighting for the coach and stuff like that, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good a recruit you get. And you can have a good team with, with you know, fairly good and average players. I mean, you look across the country, there are teams that are consistently good that don't rank highly in recruiting. Maybe not a lot of them in the SEC, but there, there are teams that do that. I mean, 
and you know Mullen's getting drug I know right now at Florida but look at what he did at Starkville I mean they overachieved he was there nine years and eight of those nine years and really the only year would be the first year they wasn't there I would say they overachieved you know and it's 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 a lot of because of the coach, the system, and you know the culture he had there. Uh, you know, you look at Iowa and the success they they don't recruit at a crazy level. Wisconsin, Baylor doesn't have any business. Iowa State didn't have any business beating Texas. You know, so there's plenty of examples out there of, of programs that don't recruit at an elite level that have you know successful winning programs. But if you want to take it to that next level, you need to have that. And, I mean, you look at what like Clemson did. Clemson wasn't recruiting at an insane level when Dabo got there. You know, they hit a few moments where they had great quarterbacks. They took things up a level. And then they started being a national recruiter. MP Ritz says, DJ looks like he's gliding even when players are hanging on him. I know, he's just a smooth – to be a guy that big, he is just a really smooth runner. Joseph Alpe says, can our defense be better more than three down – can our, our defense be better more than three down linemen? I'm not quite sure what you mean. Jason Long says, how can defense get better? Why do we not blitz the quarterback sitting there? I mean, they won the game. I thought they did what they needed to do on defense. I mean, I yeah, do you, should you bring some every once in a while? Sure, I guess. But, um, I mean, that's just what Mississippi State is. I mean, it is. And they got to him a few times. Isaac Riley wants to see a four-man front on defense. Philip Warren says, there, is there an advantage to keeping on dropping eight when we're struggling to stop the pass? Anyway. Guys, I mean, like, they threw the ball 48 times. The the secret to stopping Mississippi State is tackling them. They're going to throw the ball, and they're going to pick up yards. They do. They execute it too well. I mean, they're, the, the, the thing is set up for offenses. I mean, the secret is when they throw the ball and you get to them, tackle them, and when they throw it to you, catch it. That's the secret to beating Mississippi State, tackling. I don't have one problem with the way they defended them, and especially when you look at how they did in the first half. Norman Hunt says they are still getting pressure on the quarterback with at least one sack a game and a lot of interceptions. Let's see what we got here. We're about to wrap it up. Barbara Blaine says, do you think Burke should be used almost exclusively for receiving passes instead of running and throwing? No, I think they should use him as many ways as they can get the ball to him. I like the way they used him. I just I would have liked to see him do it twice as much. <laughs> they may need to do that against LSU and Baton Rouge. You notice Burks is getting a little more swagger to him. Like it's almost like before he was like almost shy about dominating, and now he's just like it's kind of like get off me, you know. He's got the little bling on the on the uh, the mouthpiece. Seems like he's getting a little bit more swagger about him. All right, let's see what else we got. Chris Carson, that's a good comparison, maybe Jordan Barnett. Might have to go watch some Chris Carson for Dominic Johnson comparison. Pit Boss was a fan of Chubbs, says Sam Kerr. Yeah, he was a good one. He was a good back, still is. Norman Hunt says that's the truth bomb, Grace, and I had them at five and seven, six and six. I had them at six and six. Even though Pittman told me that they're going to have a good team, I was still like, yeah, well, I mean, of course he'd say that. But maybe I'll listen to him if he tells me that again. <laughs> but uh, 
I had him at six and six this year. So and and again, five and seven is what Vegas had him at. You know, and I know that they rose to certain heights, but that's the problem with Arkansas. They have when they can get eleven out there, you know, healthy starters that they enter the season with on offense and defense. When they can do that, they can play with just about anybody. But when you start talking about the fourth quarter and playing a team like Alabama that just has more depth, you know, and, um, you know, progressing through the season, you start getting guys banged up and injured and stuff, that's when Arkansas runs into problems. So, healthy, maybe they are a top ten team. But when they're banged up, maybe not. Maybe they're not even a top 25 team. Justin Cartwright says, is that a good thing Texas Tech hired a head coach not named Kendall Browse? I saw that. I've never seen a coach hired this early. And I just glanced at it before I came on the show. But, like, I mean, I don't think I've seen a coach hired this early. Norman Hunt says, you got to get never scoreless, coreless one <laughs> for the shirts. Jason Doyle says, trade Dominic Johnson reminds me of TJ Yeldon in Alabama. I like him better than Yeldon. I like him better than Yeldon. I think he's a better tackle breaker. I always thought Yeldon was good, but a little bit underwhelming for how highly he was regarded. I'm not even going to read this Alabama one. We're not talking about that, Sam Crow. We're not looking ahead to Alabama. Landon Montgomery says, Traylon Burks is the best player in the country. Why is he not? The best player in the country is actually uh, Jordan Davis, I think. But... He's getting plenty of – I mean, he's being projected as a first-rounder. And last I looked, does he still lead in the SEC in yards, receiving yards? Let's see. He's not. He's third by 71 yards right now. Eight touchdowns. Is that leading? That's second. Second in touchdowns. His average is seventh with 16.65 yards per catch. His receptions – is fifth at 48. His yards per game is third at 88.8. That's first-team All-SEC type numbers. He's got a chance to go over 1,000 for sure. He's got a chance to push for – I don't know if he could beat Kobe Hamilton out. That's a lot of yards to make up. But um, that was also in a – not a very good year, a very disappointing year, the John L. Smith year. All right. Oop, I lost my lost my mark. All right, just a couple more. Dustin Hoffman says, why hasn't A.J. Green been getting used more? I mean, because he's the fourth back. There's only opportunities for – in my opinion, there's opportunities for three backs. The one back, the two back, and then a distant third for the third back, which I think it's right now um, Dominic Johnson, Rocket Sanders, Traylon Smith, and then A.J. Green after that. I mean, I, I – People used to clamor. People used to say, like, um, back when Darren McFadden and Peyton Hillis and Felix Jones, uh, why Michael Smith wasn't getting more carries. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, he's the fourth back. And he, had a, he was a good back. He had a 1,000-yard season after those guys left, but it's just why. Eric Elrod says, chances we'll have a new OC in D.C. next year. I mean, there's a chance anything happens. I don't think either of those guys are leaving for coordinator jobs. And I don't know that there's a whole lot of teams out there. I mean, Texas Tech was a team to watch, I think. But I don't – TCU maybe. But I don't know there are a whole lot of teams out there to watch for, you know, hiring those guys, hiring coordinators. We'll see.
Jason Norton says, do you think the fourth down pass interference call was legit at the end of the game? I do. Seemed like they just got tripped up accidentally. I'll take it, though. I mean, I, I think that Burks definitely sold it, but I also think that it was absolutely holding. I mean, he was past the line of scrimmage – or, excuse me, five yards past the line of scrimmage. He was like six or seven yards past. It was close. Um, but he did hold him. He impeded him. I mean, he it's it's obvious what he did. He, he slowed him down on the route. That's holding. Now, was it gentle? Maybe. Did Burke sell it? Yes. Did KJ have the heads up to throw it in that area? Otherwise, it might not have got called. Yeah. I thought it was the right call. And, you know, I'm sure Mississippi State fans hate it, and I, I don't blame them. I mean, if I was on the other side of Arkansas, I'd probably try to find reasons why it wasn't. But I thought it was um, legitimate enough to call. And I thought Arkansas's players did a good job to make sure that it was called. Eric Elrod says, not that I want them to go, but them moving to head coaching jobs. Go Hogs beat LSU, says Melton Rowland. Sam Kerr says, I said I wasn't going to say <laughs> It happened, Trey, talking about the Alabama game. All right, everybody. Uh, I want to say thanks to Keith Grayson for joining us. Appreciate his insight, his fan perspective, and Curtis Wilkerson for the basketball insight that he provided and also his takes on the game. And appreciate all of you guys for watching and listening and supporting the show. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll be back with you guys on Thursday for the primer for Arkansas versus LSU. That's a big game. Could really improve Arkansas's bowl standing uh, heading into the Alabama game the next week, and then, of course, Missouri after that. So, for Keith Grayson, for Curtis Wilkerson, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.